Everyone and welcome to another episode of Epic Radio. Brian and Kirk here today, breaking down part three of the Game Awards for our awards this year. The Game Awards Ours. officially yes. has has concluded, and that has obviously always set the internet on fire. So we're here to, I guess, add kerosene to that and or douse some flames. No, no, we we we're, we have a non toxic <laughs> space here at at uh, at Work to Game. No, I mean, like, so I feel like we should address the elephant in the room um, with not really to, to dwell on it because I've lost weight I, this year. Oh, I, it, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, come on. <laughs> oh my God. Not really to dwell on it or anything um, because uh, they've already been uh, my, my boy, Jeff Keeley's already been dragged through the mud and, and raked over the coals for this. And I'm sure that they have. Heard the message loud and clear, so again, we don't need to spend a lot of time on it. But man, this year's award ceremony just it just it just was a big swing and a miss in terms of in a year where so many devs, you know, put their heart and soul into these games, and you know, some of them aren't employed anymore um, for yeah, various that, reasons, and yeah. and and you know, we're we're giving away. Uh, awards like at the speed of light, you know, we're rattling off best indie games. Sea of Stars devs don't even get to go up and accept an award. Yeah. Um, you know, a, a lot of people are upset about this. I think it's borderline disgraceful. I think that this basically amounted to like a, um, you know, like kind of like a, like a New Year's game fest, mm -hmm. basically, which is, which was exciting. Like, admittedly, the announcements were great, the show was great. But at the end of the day, I think the people in the industry and in our gaming community, like we want to see these games get recognized. Mm -hmm. um, so again, I'm sure they heard the message loud and clear from pretty much everybody in the industry, everybody on Twitter that you know cares about games and the people who make them. Um, and I'm sure they'll get it right next year. Like Jeff has the best intentions, and he really does want to put on a great show. So this is this is just a bump in the road. Um, for them, but we're here to uh, pay some homage to some games today and yes. uh, and gush about them and, and hand out some accolades. And we certainly uh, spared no uh, amount of time in doing that because this has taken three actual episodes for us to do. <laughs> we are going to wrap it up today, ladies and gentlemen, by hook or by the conclusion. Crook. So yes, the conclusion of our epic series spanning weeks of time. Um, I think next year that what we'll do is we'll just block off like four hours to do one like stream at night where I'm not having to be like, one well, super stream. Yeah. Gotta yeah. go back to work. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, if you, if you guys missed it, go check out those, uh, pre two previous episodes on work to game or ginger prime on YouTube. Uh, we gave best action game to lies of P we mm -hmm. gave best multiplayer game to remnant two. Yes. We gave, uh, action adventure to, hogwarts legacy yeah. that that was a little bit spicy and of course i like we it had... i think i think that that game is despite its spice and any kind of controversy it's unfortunate that for that fact alone that it was then i think snubbed that's that's where it's like because yeah. they're like well we just don't want to have to deal with 
the you know frustration within certain communities that it's like oh man but it's a great game they that's what they delivered and they're rolling around in money and money and money like they made so much money off of it i think they're they're drying their tears with with hundred dollar bills you know so i'm not so worried about them but it is what it is absolutely uh and then lastly we had to give rpg of the year to Baldur's gate three they're unstoppable yeah. but all three of those yeah. games um are are in our game of the year that we're gonna mm -hmm. it's gonna come down gonna to fight it, it out the too. show yes i have a feeling so, i have a feeling um and i don't know why i'm up on best narrative here because we're we're starting with best art direction um gosh so many gorgeous gorgeous games that came mm -hmm. out this year uh yeah. it, it was tough i think for both of us trying to come up with nominees for this list because holy cow man yeah. uh what a year for for games in general and especially games that just just look amazing you can see the craft from the devs and from the the designers um in in every frame um i mean it's it really is incredible what what we were spoiled with this year I mean, a notable standouts that we don't have on this list, stuff like Cocoon or, <laughs> um, I mean, The Legend of Zelda even. Um, just fantastic art design across the board for for all of these games. Baldur's Gate even. I mean, just uh, a, a, a really compelling design that has resonated with a lot of people. But that's why we're in this weird view, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, for our audio listeners, we're, we're, we're going to be taking a look at some of the fantastic art um uh, for some of these games and um yeah so and of course where do you want to start where do you want to start? Te technical difficulties apparently some of mine didn't upload or they they were there a second ago but we're gonna fix that momentarily yeah no um, worries how about so, i'll start running down some of the the nominees while you while you check on the assets here yeah yeah go go ahead and read off all of our nominees if you absolutely. would absolutely let me actually pull up the document. <laughs> like I was trying to hover over the, the image to be like, oh yeah, Super Mario Wonder. Uh, for me, clearly uh, an absolute spectacle. The upgrades they've done with that one are phenomenal. Alan Wake 2, uh, Wank, Alan Wake 2. <laughs> uh, visually absolutely impressive. Watching a couple of streams of that game, uh, the atmosphere and more. So, uh, so much high praise. Second Story R, Star Ocean's Second Story R. If you ask me, like, what is my favorite art style uh, of the last 10 years? And it's the 2D HD style game. I feel like I really want to see all games that are especially like the NES, SNES era remastered into this style just so that a new generation of gamers can step into it and really enjoy the uh, experience. And I don't feel like it detracts from it uh, whatsoever. Hi-Fi Rush, clear, beautiful, absolute marvelous game. Uh, and the art style and the, just the the way that everything kind of works together and blends the color schemes. Absolutely gorgeous. Liza P, based off of Kirk's recommendation alone, I have installed Liza P. I yes! got that downloaded. Let's so I'm going to have to check that out. And visually, like, uh, yeah, it's it's got a good uh, level of atmosphere. So hopefully we'll be, uh, I'll be maybe doing some streams on that. I'm thinking about bringing back like a From, a from Friday kind of approach to like working on Elden Ring and working on kind of like Fridays, making it like the soul style, just hard ass games and do a little Remnant, bit of a stream. Remnant here two, baby. You and Remnant me too. Oh yeah. Our, multi our multiplayer game of the year. Yeah. Let's do I, I it. Also, man. I also want to do like a Baldur's Gate three multiplayer playthrough. Cause I was shocked cool. that that game won game of the year for multiplayer game. I was like, yes, I'm glad it has it, but I, 
I don't think of that as like, you know, the most multi, I, but I get, you know, I, 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 mean, I yeah, was we, wrong. We got into that. No, I, and that's why I sort of went into all that when we talked about yeah. the categories is, is I think that uh, we need to acknowledge games that are crafted from the ground up as a multiplayer mm -hmm. game, but a lot of people love playing it multiplayer. So for, for art direction here, uh, you just, you, you, you were going through it. We, we also have Hi-Fi Rush, um, just I mean, just what 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 can you say about this game? The music and the art direction for this game just fantastic. Um, let's let's take a look at some shots from that. Yeah, um, absolutely. Just just incredible. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, it's it seems like very meticulously designed. And again, such a departure for Tango, which was basically created to be sort of the the studio for. Mikami to kind of re-enter that Resident Evil type of space yeah. and create more of those type of games like Resident Evil 4 in Evil Within and Evil Within 2. And for what this team has done with this game, I mean, I think there's going to be like fan art of this game like forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and I mean... Just like it, with Wind Waker, this is like yeah. a timeless style that yeah. I first I remember seeing Wind Waker and was absolutely pissed, but then years later, it's like that style still looks good today. Absolutely. You know? And, and it's so, just yeah. like... It's like kind of like that 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 Saturday morning cartoon style mixed with like a little bit of anime for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah, um, and it's just it just it's fantastic. The color palette is amazing. I feel like it really resonated with a lot of people. And like if you think about it, like if this game wasn't cel shaded like this, if it wasn't designed like this, and it was just kind of like your regular kind of three D action game with the gameplay mechanics that it has, I think a mm -hmm. lot of people would be talking about it as a good game but I don't think it would have captured the hearts and minds of people in the way that it has. And yeah. so that that's, that is attributed a lot to the art direction of, of this game. I think, um, another one going, going what's out the one, the, what's the far left on, uh, on the list. Cause that's the one that I couldn't think of the name for. Oh, okay. Um, so that is, that is actually harmony fall of reverie. Ooh, okay. Um, which I've also nominated for indie game of the year, a little bit slept on, uh, this game it is coming from don't nod um who are now sort of on their own um they're not sort of on their own they're on their own after they were cut loose by square enix um mm. so they used to make the life is strange game ah uh, yes enix. okay absolutely but um i mean and and their new game ah, they they announced it at the game awards i think it was like I can't remember. It looks exactly like Life is Strange meets like a little bit of Stranger Things or something. It was like blood and chaos or something. I don't remember. It was like it's something something hokey kind of indie looking like I mean they're in a band obviously cuz why would they not be? It's Life is Strange. <laughs> uh, but the but what they've done with this. I mean they're really branching out and sort of trying to capture um you know their indie side here. Uh, I mean, this is just fantastic. It reminds me a lot of like Hades, kind mm, of in yes, terms of the, yeah. the design of this. And then, uh, if if you check this out, we've even got like some like DreamWorks, um, that era where they were kind of emulating that Disney style with like uh -huh, Prince of yeah. Egypt and uh, Road to El Dorado and stuff like that. I mean, this yeah. is just gorgeous, uh, as far as the cutscenes are concerned. But yeah, like even with the gameplay, uh, a lot of this game plays out kind of like a visual novel, which is why it didn't uh, resonate with a lot of people because mm -hmm. yeah, there are some choices that you're making. This game is kind of like most comparable to like a Detroit Become Human type of experience, I think, okay. in that it's one of the only games, and I, I really like this mechanic. It's one of the only games that lets you uh, sort of see 
the pathing of like the narrative choices that you're making. Um, so, and I'll just go ahead and talk about, talk about this game now. So we don't have to for indie nomination, but, um, it's sort of like you're, you're making decisions during the course of like seeing this visual novel play out with these gorgeous stills, um, where these characters are talking to you and the characters are like, actually like not, not really like emotions. So I, I know three of the characters are like chaos, bliss and power. And I can't remember what the other ones are, but they're sort of like those those sort of conceptual names for these characters that uh, if if you start ingratiating yourself or endearing yourself to a particular character, it actually like kind of can shape the narrative based on like, well, you're going for bliss or you're going for chaos or you're going for power. Like these are actual trajectories that you can take in terms of the narrative. Um, and then depending on like what your relationship is with these characters, it changes the pathing that's available for your narrative to play out. Like there's options that you won't be able to take if you're not endeared to say here chaos. So I just think that concept is so cool. And for them to have done what they've done with the art direction here. I mean, this, this is just absolutely gorgeous when you're playing through this. So I'm not really sure why this game didn't get more um, attention on it. Other than the fact that maybe the mechanics just were not quite as gamified as people might've liked with it being sort of a, a visual novel style, but it's one that I definitely had my eye on for a while. And then when it came out, I, I played some of it and really enjoyed it. So I wanted to nominate that one particularly for art direction because of how amazing that that looks. Excellent. Uh, but another sneaky one for art direction, I've, I've nominated this for every category that I could Brian, uh, cause <laughs> as you were talking about earlier, Liza P. Yeah freaking slaps dude okay yeah. i'm like, excited i'm like i'm looking forward to it that's gorgeous that's look at that the like that's right there. Yeah. that's insane like that's like uh, i mean like i'm getting like a little bit of like a uh, classic gothic batman obviously you've got like the the bloodborne influences but just mm -hmm. the architecture i mean trying to be evocative of like uh of, of paris and similar european cities uh, what they're able to do with the lighting here, uh, you know, the fact that this is a cr very crisp 60 frames per second game where, I mean, like you, you could, if this was, if this, if we were watching video of this game right now, you'd see his locks like flowing in the wind, you know, I mean, like what, what they've done with this art direction here is absolutely incredible. And, and the variance as well, like, uh -huh. like that last shot, like it, it looked very bloodborne, very like Transylvanian horror. Mm -hmm. But then this, we're getting into like more of a, um, I'm going to mispronounce this, but uh, like Bella Epoch um, period, uh, which is sort of like a, the, the World's Fair type of deal. We get into a lot of that sort of stuff. And there's a lot of interplay with that and the music, which we can talk about in just a minute here. But this is one of my favorite locations in the game because of its um, sort of visual pop. That's sort of a, a almost Bioshock-esque type of uh lighting and 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 design here you even you can even see it in the font yeah. where it says rosa isabel street uh -huh. um just just incredible the variance that you've got from the different environments like you're, you're expecting you're expecting this the entire time mm -hmm. uh you know from from the marketing and the trailers and everything because they're, they're they're trying to hit you in the in the in the bloodborne guts yeah uh they really they really want want to get you in the feels there and be like oh come play it's another bloodborne but they really That's do branch out phenomenal. over the course of this campaign like yeah. this is like an opera house that you go to yeah. later i mean it has to be one of the best locations in the entire game but there's there's so many that are very memorable and you really do 
a lot a lot of you know this being a metroidvania style game a lot of what you're doing is kind of traversing these environments and it's so it just really enhances your experience when you just are like so enamored with everywhere that you're going like you like you walk into this place and you're like i want to like look through every cranny in this opera house like i want to mm -hmm. find literally every hallway every hidden room or whatever and and you do and it feels awesome because you know all of it looks like this and i just think i mean what they were able to accomplish this game can't rant about it enough rave about it enough i think that they went they went above and beyond you know uh any type of making any type of bloodborne or souls clone they've really put a lot of their own mm -hmm. uh, blood sweat and tears into this and i just think it's absolutely wonderful and then our our personal darling uh for much of these awards which we haven't yet given an award to but we love to also rant and rave about it's second story our baby Mm -hmm. With this fantastic art style, um, that whatever whoever had the idea, and I, I tell me if you know if this has been done before, but whoever had the idea to put these uh, sprites over such uh, wonderfully realized and authentic looking backgrounds. Mm -hmm. I mean, if if you told me That's that the HD man, like it just yeah. it just pops, dude. If you told me that this grass was real, I would probably believe you. Like if you took the sprites out, um. I mean, this just looks so photo authentic. Um, and then you mix in like the very, very classic looking sprites over that. Mm -hmm. It just yeah. it just really pops. It's such a sensational. I need to see uh, if this is on GeForce now because like that would make it so convenient for me to be able to just like pick it up, play it wherever I'm at. Absolutely. Um, that's just hey, man, that's, that's how I, I evaluate things now. I, how many I, places can I play this game? <laughs> I got my copy on Switch, so yeah, uh, see, that's, yeah that, that I, is the choice. I'm ready to go. Yeah, I'm I'm ready to to pick it up and take it wherever wherever I need to. Um, God, man, like this game is just absolutely gorgeous. Uh, I mean, just the the the, the look at the water, there. like yeah. you know, assets, and then you got obviously like again, and this is just taking. That, and for me, it's nostalgia bait to a degree because like, yeah. you know, growing up with that SNES era style, like there's just like a fondness that I have for that. And this feels like it's that technological evolution without necessarily having to have all the overhead cost of like, OK, we're going to go for photorealistic or we're going to go for this. It's like, no, no, no. Like this is there's a, there's an art to this. I think there's something that a lot of people can appreciate. And for me. Uh, and especially for the kids, like, I think this is a perfect for uh, this will be a perfect avenue for me to get them into these style of games uh, and then kind of get them, you know, like liking this kind of art style. So that way we can always talk about it. Yeah, when I, they're think, older. I think you play this before Sea of Stars, right? Because this really yeah, does. That's a good point. It, yeah, it really does. It grabs you visually and you're going to be engaged with this. There's no way that you can look at this with the art style that they've chosen and with the way that they've handcrafted this world and then overlaid these these classic sprites over top. I mean, it, there's no way you could get bored of looking at, at pretty much any scene of this game. I mean, even just the three that we have. I mean, just just absolutely gorgeous. I would take any of these as like a metal print on my wall or something. Um, so yeah, I think I think it's a great way to sort of sort of modernize and mm -hmm. make appealing for pretty much anybody. Like it's very approachable, this type of game, so that then yeah. you do want to go play a octopath or sea of stars or even you know pull out chrono trigger 2024 uh, and me i think we're gonna there's just gonna be so much goodness 
and uh and it's all about like that flexibility because octopath is you know one and two are on geforce now yeah. so square enix is starting to make that step into supporting that we got final fantasy 16 going to drop next year on pc i'm hoping that square enix continues to support geforce now and finally that they're bringing final fantasy 14 to the xbox like it's gonna next year is gonna be a great year in my mind. I'm oh, yeah. I'm very much excited about it. Plus, <laughs> next year is gonna be a great year because all the games that came out this year. Yeah, because uh, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> like, every, yeah, like Zelda, yeah. hopefully new Switch too. I, I still think you know, I'm like I don't know what will end up uh, you know for next year's show, but I I would predict that my game of the year next year will be Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Absolutely. Guys, I played it in 2024. I was waiting for Switch too, yeah. man. 60 frames a second. Let's go. Speaking of Switch, it's yes. Mario, baby. It's Mario. That's, that's not the right image, though. That's that's the old new. <laughs> oh, is is it really? That's oh. that's the old new. No, you're good, well, dude. We we got this. We've got this one. Oh, much better. It's, I do oh, see the. Di- I do see the difference. Contrast. I yes. do see the difference. Yeah. Exactly. So you see yeah, that difference. And for those that's... listening to the audio, uh, we have a picture of the new Super Mario Brothers from Deluxe, and it just is like. But then you go and switch. The There's new like Super a watercolor, like veneer, like over. This feels it. like the evolution yeah. of Super Mario World, both visually, aesthetically, yeah. and and just theme thematically. It's been wonderful. I will Perfect say, a, a new kind of does hold up. Like they're they're just to different degree. styles. But I then think. you start looking at those little bits of animation yes. that they do in Wonder that just add to the overall. Like oh yeah, it's and then fantastic. you go and you if you go backwards it feels foreign i've tried to go back and play deluxe a little bit and i'm like oh my gosh i want to delete this and i just want wonder i want more of this but just looking at the design of the world map and the colors and how they pop i mean there's obviously been so much care put into the the little intricacies of of the design of this game exactly and i mean what would you expect from nintendo so i mean they they crushed it they knocked it out of the park um this game justifies its existence in every way from mm-hmm. a visual design standpoint and like you said the animations and everything so uh yeah there's no way that this wasn't going to get nominated i think this was one of yours but yeah we had to mm-hmm. sort of give it its flowers for that uh, absolutely for how fantastic it is and then it's it's uh the game awards darling i i believe um that won this category i think i might be wrong but it's alan, alan wake 2. 2 alan wake 2 it's took home some big awards yeah Alan Wake 2, um, what they were able to accomplish with this game, with sort of the color palette, with a lot of contrast between light and dark and playing mm-hmm. with that, that we yeah. kind of saw with Control. Uh, for anybody who hasn't played this game, if you've played Control, you kind of know what's going on here with the reds and and the, the darkness um, and, and sort of playing with that and with light and with uh, sort of distortion of light and uh using that to sort of play with with your with your with your eyes and with your mind and your senses Mm -hmm. um that's that's what remedy at this point that's kind of their calling card yeah and they're incredibly good at it and they're good at sort of combining that with game mechanics as well Mm -hmm. but i think it's very very cool how they have the the difference in the art direction between saga's playthrough and alan wake's playthrough like saga everything like if you look at the color palette it's it's very grounded. Um, it's it's like a rustic, more like true detective esque feel, or maybe like a classic Resident Evil, like Resident Evil Four or something. And then you do kind of have that control esque. Like with Alan Wake, they really they really dove into the control universe and said, "All right, this dude is like you know, 
he's going to be messing with with dimensions and uh you know uh activating certain uh mm-hmm. you know uh, uh uh i don't even know how to describe it honestly but uh it 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 it, it, it it's a mind melding experience this game um and and they've designed it meticulously to be that way and they designed the gameplay mechanics to revolve around get, providing you that experience like mm-hmm. everything is specifically chosen uh which is why this is nominated for game direction for us and the and the game awards as well um yeah this is just this is just a a intricately crafted game and the art direction is just one of many components that they sort of compiled together to make a very bespoke experience. And that's what makes this game special. I think in our first episode of the Epic Loot Radio Awards, I said that this game was uh, up its own butt to an extent. <laughs> and I stand, I still stand by that, but sometimes you get good stuff out of that. You know, Sometimes it's good for games to be up their own butt. And yeah, um, yeah the, uh, the, the, this amazing, uh, art style and sort of visual um, sensory experience that you're getting with this game is is one of those things to come out of that. So we have some contenders, mm-hmm. yes. some contenders for this category. Yeah, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw all my weight behind Second Story R. Like okay, the, like that's just where like if you were gonna say brass tacks, what do you feel like? All of these are winners in my mind. However, like if it's I have the to innovation pick one, with the the yeah. sort of juxtaposition of classic 90s, early 90s Super Nintendo, right? With yep. something that looks like, you know, it came out of Tears of the Kingdom or something, you know, this mm-hmm. year. I think that, I mean, I I, I just, I, I, I would hate if I'm wrong and somebody has done this already, um, but I haven't seen it. And I think it's just how popping that is, how much of a how much of a big swing it is to do this because they could do this and it could look bad. Right. Yeah. I mean, you could mm-hmm. just be like, eh, that doesn't really work. Um, or it's like, no, this, you shouldn't have done the sprites. Like they don't look right on that background. You should have done, you know, very square Enixy looking modern mm-hmm. character models or something. Um, yeah. but for them to swing for the fences with this and everybody to just think it looks absolutely gorgeous. I, I will say, man, as, as, as an honorable mention, I mean, Come on, it's just so good. Oh, absolutely. Eliza I... Peace, so good. But yeah, no. Who do you want to um, go? With? I, Star Ocean. Okay, yeah. yeah congrats Star to Ocean. Yeah. Star Ocean, second story R for winning best art direction. Absolutely sure. breathtaking. I cannot wait to sit down and, and spend some time with it. Maybe this holiday season. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, I'm excited to to dive fully into that game and and the other two of the trifecta that we've talked mm-hmm. about uh yeah. stars and octopath 2 yeah that's that's gonna like i might just hit those back to back and just mm-hmm. just just enjoy the ride you know what i'm saying yeah um, i feel you but yeah no uh, i i sort of went into that category with you know what is gonna what is gonna separate these because i mean you if you if you look at you know the the art style of 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 each of these it's very hard like between Hi-Fi Rush, Liza P, Alan Wake. I mean, they're all so good. They really, really are. Uh, so Second Story are kind of doing something different and innovative and taking that nostalgia and and juxtaposing it with, you know, modern 
gaming beauty i think mm-hmm. that, that really yeah that really turned a lot of heads and so yeah i'm happy that we could acknowledge that i don't even know that they were nominated for that category at the game awards for art direction so i do know that for most of the categories they only did like four or five nominees unless it was game of the year so maybe that's yeah. why but maybe maybe yeah i mean yeah i think i think that's i think that's the right choice we're just getting everything right here you know the game awards <laughs> messed up so we're yeah. fixing it we're see we fixed it for you guys yeah, speaking of, um, we didn't get to hear any, I don't think we did get to hear any Final Fantasy 16 uh, music at the Game Awards, which sucked, dude. Yeah. Like, everybody was like, can y'all just put them in the the Game of the Year nominees just so we get it in the orchestral melody at the end of the show? Oh, dude, like, yes, Can agreed. you just put them in so that we get that as part of, because remember the year that they had like Hades and mm-hmm. doom yeah and i think uh maybe final fantasy remake was in that i don't know but that year had the best orchestral medley that they will probably ever have so um yeah you're never you're never topping that if you don't have final fantasy 16 in your um in your in your game of the year medley but it did win the game award for best score of music and we're about to give away our game award for best score of music we have some really strong games here as far as their soundtracks go. And we've actually got, I've got some mm-hmm. snippets for us. I've been to looking forward to this. I've been looking forward games. to this. Just because um, it's so beautiful. Like these are like all of these guys are winners oh, in my book. But it is, it is actually wrong because we made, we made a last second. We made a last second switch for this one. Let me fix it. Had, we had to get Alan Wake in there. Yeah. As as a dark horse, we had to get Alan Wake in there. Also, Nintendo's not gonna let us play Mario music, so um, <laughs> that might have factored into it as well. But Mario is an honorable mention for this category. But no, yeah, Mario. Alan, but, yeah. Alan Wake. I think both of us, because Alan Wake came out so late, mm-hmm. are kind of we're 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 getting the flood of Alan Wake appreciation, sort of from people. It's kind of like me with Liza P. You know, you've had. Mm-hmm. Uh, about a month or so of, of me and listening other people to you gush in, your, about in, it, yeah. your, in your community telling you that this game is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's kind of how the 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 public consciousness is 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 feeling about Alan Wake right now. Like this this game has really taken time to gestate with people, and I think they're like, oh yeah, this is like something special, even mm-hmm. if it's like very full of itself in that regard. Like, oh hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. it's 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 a, it's it's a work of art, you know. Like yeah. I I think people are like, yeah, you know, you you. You set out to create something that is unique, uh, and and you've specifically done that. But let's start out with the big boy, uh, man. It does it does it get any better than a Square Enix Final Fantasy game as far as soundtracks go? I mean, it's just like right entry like, entry after entry. It's just like you just sit back and you're just like, oh man. Oh yeah, Where and then you... like, have you heard the Lo-Fi Final Fantasy playlists? They're no, incredible. I have it. Like, it's I love it. I love that stuff. We're gonna do that right now. As, Let's do it. As, as it, yeah. <sighs> Oaken is such a master. So good. I would have loved to have gone to the concert that they put on. Oh, dude, I've been incredible. I've been, and it's incredible. It's incredible. Absolutely amazing. 
then what, one that has to be nominated because of the entire game revolves around <laughs> amazing amazing music yeah. and what you what the mechanics are around that music it's hi-fi rush was just mm. i mean you're just you're just tapping your foot and and bobbing your head the entire time you play this game and there's a reason for that it's because the music is so great <laughs> oh, this is such a fun category. I wish yeah. all of our categories could be this good. <laughs> and the, and there's so much variety too in terms of uh, what this soundtrack brings to the table. Mm. In terms of what yeah. you know, what you're listening to when you're playing the game. So yeah, that one's that one had to be there. Mm -hmm. um, and this one, in my opinion, this is one of mine. Atomic Heart, which we, we, we nominated for Action Game of the Year, which it had no prayer of winning because it, it's a problematic game. Yeah. But in terms of what the personality that this game has, uh, having sort of that uh, Russian slash Ukrainian background, um, the, the sort of uh, music that you get from from that culture is, is incredibly unique and also just the cultural uh you know references and and inspirations there in terms of like the art style and stuff kind of this neo type of uh uh enlightenment period you know that you're seeing like if they were to have like a second industrial revolution that's kind of what mm -hmm. this game is doing aesthetically and the music it it's it's all over the place in terms of i've got two here so this is like uh like this feels like it's like from tron legacy or something like this is crazy yeah. this goes crazy electronic and uh, if, if you're listening to this with earphones, you're in for a treat. Mm -hmm. So good. And then contrast that with like when you're in a boss fight. Mm, I we love got that. like we got like Russian doom music, like Mick Gordon style. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually turning the volume down for this one. Can you imagine doing a boss fight with this? Uh, it's like if you're struggling with the boss fight, you'd have to turn down the music so that way you can focus. It's like, man, oh yeah. my god, dude! How do you not? How do you, you know, man? This has no right to go this hard. Absolutely no right. I don't think we've gotten anything that good since since the Doom games, man. Oh yeah. god, and it's so good for that genre, like for yeah. just just action, just blowing heads off and stuff. Oh god. <laughs> So good. A um, little bit weaker in this category, but I had to fit him in, Brian. You know, I had to get my Liza P in there. Yeah. Um, no, but in all seriousness, Liza P, uh, it does a really great job of doing kind of what we're listening to now, which is like that orchestral, um, very uh, traditionally like souls type of soundtrack with a lot of like uh, choir, like choral stuff. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but it, it also got a lot of recognition for you collect records throughout the course of the game as like collectibles and you actually listen to those 
and it brings you your character more humanity because he's like having a human emotional reaction to the records yeah and and the records that you find in game there's actually a lot of uh, a lot of variants in terms of like what those are mm. and this is one that has like a particular backstory to it there's like these two sisters and one was like jealous of the other and so she um, gave her like something that took her singing voice away so that she would be the only one that had a good singing voice. Oh wow. And you actually fight the one that whose voice is messed up to this song. There's a boss fight that you have which is awesome. She's like a sword dancer, like rapier wielding mm-hmm. um, swordsman. And she's like loyal to her sister at the until the end when you defeat her. But then you later go and find the sister who had this illustrious singing career. And she's incredibly remorseful and beside herself and confesses to you that she took her sister's voice and her sister did not know. So um, they're doing a lot with music. This is like being, this is sung by that character, you know, purportedly. Yeah. Um, And yeah, there's just a lot of variance in terms of, you're getting a lot more than you would expect out of like a Souls game. Which is just gonna be that choir stuff. Sweet. Um, and there's a lot of cool. There's like a smooth jazz track that you find mm-hmm. um, that you can listen to as P, and uh, you know have an emotional reaction to that. So that's very cool. Um, let me pull it up here. I'm told you have not heard the the I musical haven't. segment in Alan Wake 2. So this is going to be the first time that you've ever heard this. They performed this live at the Game Awards. So you're just playing the game, right? Mm-hmm. And um throughout the course of the game, they have these like live action talk show segments. I don't know if you've seen those, but I forget the actor's name, but he's so good. He reminds me a little bit of Lance Reddick, but he's not Lance Reddick, so I apologize for not knowing his name. Um but he <laughs> is the talk show host and he interviews Alan Wake like periodically about sort of like what's going on in the game and stuff. And then, like, two-thirds into the game, you have one of those segments, those talk show segments, and uh, it's not a talk show. They, it's a musical. And this this is how it goes. From what I gathered, you grew up nice and sheltered with mama's pretty stories and your own made up fury. And mama gave me a magic clicker. Well, yes, I think it's true and fair to say. This is a rock opera. You guys are just listening to the audio of uh, this podcast. You need to go check out this segment on video. Watching Kirk lip sync and dance to that is just too priceless. They have a dance. They have a dance to it. It's 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 not good. Like I mean, it is good. It's good because it's not good. Uh, but yeah, they uh, Sam Lake, the the creative director for this game, was up on stage dancing to this at the Game Awards. So yeah, fantastic. Um, and that's like that's not the only reason that this is this is nominated in this category. Uh, that they, they've got a lot of songs that are like modern and like almost like it's like a pop song or like what I mean. They've got a lot of just good music in this game. 
uh, especially at like chapter transitions and stuff. It's just a very evocative game and the music contributes a lot to that. But yeah, that moment uh, comparable to the take control moment in control where you, where you put the, the janitor's earphones on and all of a sudden there's some hard rock by the same group. It's the old gods of Asgard want to give them their props. But um, yeah, man, that's, that's just incredible. Like gaming is incredible, dude. Like, yeah, I, I, I love it. And then um, one that's hard to ignore is Starfield, man. It it mm-hmm. hits you right. It hits you right in the feels. When you open up that start screen and yeah. hear this, you're just like, dude, I'm ready to explore space. You know? Yeah. I'm <laughs> like, it, it ties off. I'm, like, I'm ready because I, I keep praising Starfield. I know a lot of the internet is like, ah, you know, like doesn't like it and i'm like all right like there's a lot of joy to be had in this game and the music i think highlights that but it how there's a like every note feels hopeful and that's what the story of starfield for me was like it was in this post-apocalyptic world like humanity actually made it into the stars and was you know you know starbound uh and all like all these different systems and i was like yeah that's cool i think there's definitely some structural things they could have done differently with the game and the travel system having gone in and played a little bit more no man's sky having played uh star citizen but yeah i'm i'm very curious to see what modders end up doing with uh with starfield over the course of the next like five ten years the music is just i think it's incredible i i have a hard time giving it to them like as the pure out winner but i'd love to hear your thoughts as to who you think should take it Oh man, dude! Yeah, this is tough. We're kind of screwed again. <laughs> oh my god! And and like Alan Wake coming in um, at the last moment and sort of yeah. sealing the show with with this and with being a viral sensation. But um, let's, let's turn the the as good as it is. I'm gonna turn the Starfield off. But um, yeah, dude. I mean, I think I think we both I think we both know. Who wins this, right? Like, I think. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna let you say it first because I didn't want to like pull you into it. Yes, they they won it for the official awards, and they win it here. Final Fantasy 16, so can, oh, and it's not just this one track. Like, there is so much. Oh yeah, just Final Fantasy 16 delivers, and I know, and I'm actually coming around to. I was like an avid defender. I was like, no, it's an RPG. No, it's it's an action game. Uh, Final Fantasy 16. I get why they did it. It. I do hope that we get to see Final Fantasy have a turn-based or you know have that more traditional party system. I'm looking forward to playing Final Fantasy uh, 7 Remake, but the music with 16, just incredible, so freaking incredible. Just yeah, it's fantastic. I think uh, Final Fantasy and the the now titled Like a Dragon games really just just blow blow you away with their soundtracks mm-hmm. but particularly S- square enix i mean like 15 as well i just mm-hmm. i just yeah. know with a square enix game and particularly final fantasy we're gonna get an a amazing soundtrack uh, mm-hmm. you can always expect that and especially for those big moments like that or- orchestral score is gonna come in and be do I need to say anything? I mean, like, it's so good. Yeah, so it is so good. I think a very, very deserving winner across the board. Final Fantasy 16, baby. Yeah. yeah. Woo, good choice. <laughs> I was like, well, 
Like I'll five for sixteen. Like I, as much as I in what you introduced me with Alan Wake and these other games, like absolute, like all of these games are have incredible soundtracks. But we got to give it a one. And I, I, I feel good about Final Fantasy sixteen taking best music and score. Uh, I hate to cut it off. <laughs> and on we go. Um, gosh, I don't know how my uh, my things got all messed up like between us uh starting the show but here we go it doesn't take very long for me to fix so our next category that we have it's gonna be best indie Woo-hoo. and um i already talked about harmony fall reverie reverie mm-hmm. i don't know that i need to um to to go into any more detail about that game i i, I do think that it it is very unique and um i'm just i'm very glad it exists Again, I'm not sure why it didn't get a ton of recognition unless it's just like that 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 sort of gameplay mechanic set is just not quite as appealing in terms of that you're doing a lot of reading. Um, you are making decisions that are consequential, but like in terms of playing a game, I think there's a lot of people out there like there's a lot of people out there that didn't think Detroit was that amazing. I'd say Detroit is like one of my probably top 10 or 15 games all time Mm -hmm. in terms of like what that provides in terms of the variance of what you can see play out narratively, depending on what your actions and your choices and decisions are. I I know that 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 parallels a little more to like an interactive movie, but I I do think that that type of stuff is cool. So for them to, to, to put that in front of us in, in this type of art style, um, with this, their sort of, uh, classic don't nod spin on it. I think, I think that that has to put it, uh, as one of the top games in this category. So that's, that's why it's here. One that we have not talked about yet. I think uh, our next nominee, which has gotten just a lot of praise and admiration from a lot of people is cocoon, uh, which is on game pass. Everybody go check it out. But this is probably one of the best puzzle games like ever made um and i I don't i don't know how much you've seen about this game but it's it's very uh it has a very quaint art style it's kind of like a journey or something like that but like Mm -hmm. more um i would say more colorful more vibrant Mm -hmm. and um a lot of the mechanics involve so like if you if you see in the in the in the art there you've sort of got like a a uh what you're looking at is like you've got your protagonists you you've got the the back of the protagonist and they're looking at actually a ball within a ball mm-hmm. and so that is a reference to the the game mechanics is that you're kind of doing like this puzzle i don't know that i would say platforming it's kind of like platforming but it's not like traditional like jumping platforming it's more like progression based i guess okay. so like gates and things like that mm-hmm. um and it it's crazy because you you're like in a world like you're in like a a like Super Mario 3D worlds type of mm-hmm. thing and you're progressing through that and then you've got like this you find like this ball in that world and you take it and you put it on a pedestal and let's say like your progression is barred there's like a laser gate or something you can't get through it yeah. or you need you need like a pillar to like go up by 10 feet or something so so that you can go across this bridge in some other part of the level yeah you put the ball in this pedestal and you can now go into the ball and now you're in a different level. Like you're in a different space now where that has a bridge or a gate or something that you need to get past. And you do that. Sometimes there's another ball to find to put in a pedestal 
Inception style, go into that ball, solve that puzzle. Okay, now you can come. Now you have whatever you need to come out of that for, that second ball in that world. That that progression barrier is opened. Mm-hmm. So now you can do that. Do what you need to do in this world to come back to the pedestal to come out of that ball to go to the first world you were in to progress. And it gets crazy in terms of like really making you feel like very smart. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, do- it doesn't, it doesn't handhold you at all. It doesn't, uh, give you the solutions on a silver platter. Um, but yeah, like it, it really, it's designed so well to that effect of going, going in it. Like you're, you're, you're going in and out of these parallel worlds, um, very frequently by the end of the game, because you're sort of accustomed to that mechanic. Yeah. It's crazy what they're able to do in, st- in terms of the puzzle design. Um, there's, there's boss battles in this game. Uh, there's, there's just like a lot going on. Uh, it, it, it reviewed in the, the low nineties, I think, uh, with even, even breaching into the high nineties from some outlets. Um, just, just a fantastic game. It won debut indie at the game awards. Uh, I think the only reason that it didn't win, uh, indie game of the year at the game awards is for the next game that we can talk about, which I know you adore sea of stars. Yeah. These these are some of the two best indie games of the year. So, uh, cocoon man i can't believe you haven't seen anything about it you gotta go check it out it's go game check Pass. it out because we like yeah. uh me and my wife like playing p- puzzle games we like uh you know every now and then we'll just have an, an evening where we chill and play uh <laughs> peggle too but it's like yeah i'm peggle if, too. she but she also loves the puzzle games so that that's something i think we're gonna add to our next date night calendar uh we're gonna sit down download that and, and play through some cocoon well, yeah, man. Tell me about uh, probably our strongest other contender in this category, Sea of Stars. Sea of Stars uh, is that love letter to the 90s RPG uh, leveled up and actually brought forth uh, with the team that is absolutely just dripping with passion. Uh, it's exciting to see that it's won so many awards officially uh, for uh, that title. And I'm excited for that turn-based RPG where in a year where, you know, like I see people in chat talking about how uh, they just felt like not a lot of games were uh, delivered on what they wanted this year. Final Fantasy 16, very controversial for a lot of fans of the mm-hmm. series. Then you have something like Sea of Stars come out where it's like, yeah, if you're really looking for that turn-based, you know, classic RPG, don't sleep on Sea of Stars. It's also in Game Pass, and that's something that I'm looking forward to uh, continuing my playthrough on here in the very near future as I work my way through like uh, just my amazing backlog of games just this year alone. Oh, yeah. Um, and then for our other nominees in this category, we have uh, Jusant, which uh, in our previous uh-huh. episode I had nominated and, and talked about for Best Family Game. Mm-hmm. Not because you can play it as a group, but again, because it is a very, um, it's a very approachable game. Um, obviously very family-friendly and that, you know, it's pretty much your, your very uh, classic sort of uh, uh, ab- abstract indie title um where you're just you're just climbing mountains man you're overcoming adversity you're you're accomplishing things and it's also it's not it's not a heavily frustrating experience in that when you fail uh you don't have far to fall Mm -hmm. um you know so uh, i think i think it's it's a fantastic game that caught a lot of people by surprise i forget Dusant is a french word and it means something i think it means like the ascent or something like that. I'm not sure, but it's a very, it's like a unique word that we don't have an English word for, but it, it perfectly describes like what this game is purportedly. 
Um, and so yeah, tied in English. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Right. So we don't really have like yeah. a, a, a. But I think I think I think so. I think I did hear somebody describe this. So the 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 tide then it like it comes in and out. So like in terms of life. You know, you you have a lot of ups and downs. You have a lot of positive things that come your way. You get a lot of windfall, and then you have mm -hmm. some times of hardship. And so this game sort of, that is, it evokes like those themes in terms of sometimes you're just going to be climbing, climbing, climbing. Wow, I got to, I got to the next uh, the next peak or, you know, whatever it is. And then other times you are going to fall. You are going to struggle. Mm -hmm. Just know that on the other side, you know, you are going to reach the the top of the hill that you're trying to climb and so it, it does a lot with that thematically it's not just like a climbing simulator right uh it, it is sort of in that sort of journey type of wheelhouse so yeah i think i think that this game um is is something special and it, it caught a lot of people by surprise and yeah it, it was trending in like the high 80s in terms of reviews and I, it's just just wholesome you know just a wholesome game um you love to see those uh moving away from wholesome though <laughs> We got two games that are a little more uh, hardcore yeah. in terms of what they're delivering uh, with some horror, horror elements in either. Let's just go with the one that is full-on horror first. It's Amnesia the Bunker, um, which I've nominated here. And um, I think this should have gotten a Game of the Year. Uh, uh, sorry, not Game of the Year. This should have gotten a Game Awards nomination for Best Independent Game. Honestly, I think people just didn't nominate it and nominated Dave the Diver instead. Mm -hmm. Because uh, while Dave the, Dave the Diver is not an independent game, even though it looks like one, uh, Amnesia is an independent game, even though it doesn't look like one. Amnesia looks like a double A, um, you know, branching on triple A game. Um, a Amnesia is a franchise now. They're, they're self-published. Uh, they, they, they had The Dark Descent, which was the first title that really just sort of blew the lid off of everything in terms of indie horror uh mm -hmm. that that was a darling and still is to this day people people love that in the community machine for pigs very good they had um rebirth was their most recent one sort of pushing the tech like what they could accomplish there and then this one i think is probably it, it has to be said to be their best game to date it feels the most well-rounded and fleshed out it feels like you're playing a high tier double a experience They've sort of borrowed some keys from the the Alien Isolation, Outlast mm -hmm. Wheelhouse, having like this kind of stalker character yeah. that you want to stay away from. You're trapped in this underground, uh, I can't remember if it's World War One or World War Two bunker, but I think you're like a French soldier. As per all Amnesia games, you don't know what happened, and you got to figure it out, and you probably did something horrible. And you have to figure out if you are a terrible person or not. That's sort of yeah. like what the narrative is. This monster might be coming after you because of something horrible that you've done. It's sort of like a, you know, purgatory, penance, repentance type of situation. Um, they do good with those type of themes and sort of, you know, making you unnerved and feel a chill down your spine as you're playing this game. Like, oh, what did my character do? You know, like, mm, yeah, maybe maybe uh, maybe uh, a bad fate looms for me at the end of this game narratively. Uh, but yeah, in terms of gameplay, like putting some 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 light shooting mechanics in there that feel good you know you've got a revolver that has like no more than five bullets at any time so feeling feeling that dread feeling like you know uh you're you're very close to not being able to have a way to defend yourself they're they're just good at making this type of game and um just picking up the torch and keeping indie horror alive you love to see it in a year uh and in a in a couple of years where you know resident evil is going off the handle in terms of having great titles. Alan Wake comes out, you know, some great AAA uh, horror themed titles, but 
we want to see those indies uh, do their thing too. So fantastic uh, game and one to recognize it. And then with some horror adjacent themes, we've got Blasphemous 2. Um, again, I think this is just a year where if you've got a Roman in numeral two after the title of your game, you're just not going to get any recognition. Talking about Octopath <laughs> here as well. But Blasphemous 2 just takes Blasphemous, which was a fantastic indie... Uh, it, it's Roguelike. basically is basically just the love child of Symphony of the Night and Dark Souls. Like that's mm -hmm. that's what it is. Yeah. Um. And yeah, just the they they took the combat, uh, ratcheted up several levels. You've got multiple weapons that you can use now instead of just the one. The platforming is good. Um. Some people have said that the level design leaves a little bit to be desired and like the backtracking elements. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, this is this is in that wheelhouse of like your Metroid Dread and stuff like that. And the art style of this game, I don't have any stills to show because I only had the ones for art direction. But the art style of this game is so unique. Um, they're they're doing that pixel style that you love to see with indies, but they're very much going into that type of gothic horror adjacent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. It it's very it very heavily uh leans on sort of that that period of European um like the period of of religious involvement where they would sort of like sell the bones of uh you know like saints or whatever saints, yeah. and then also mm -hmm. you were supposed to like flog yourself mm -hmm. uh if you did bad things or you know you're supposed to supposed to endure some sort of physical punishment as as penance for your wrongdoings or what have you so uh, the main character i think he he literally wears like a helmet that has like a crown of thorns in it and things like that there's a lot of bar body horror in this game uh which i don't like but the fact that it is sort of like with this indie art style makes it a little more approachable so this isn't one that you want to give your kids but uh in terms of like it being a unique uh it, sort of uh unnerving experience that also gets into that like really great metroidvania side-scrolling con uh content and and platforming stuff and 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 having like souls boss battles that are really really good yeah yeah man they they knocked it out of the park uh, I haven't seen any reviews for this game below below eight, you know, below the eighties. So I mean, just just fantastic game all around, and had to acknowledge it in this category. Um, I think I think this is going to come down to Sea of Stars and Cocoon for us, right? Like those. I are, think those so. Are the I two. think that, well, so, especially so, because you know me, like with horror, I'm like, oh, all right, <laughs> just like, <laughs> yeah. So I if I if I can figure out how to present here, um, can I share a screen? Yeah. If you can't, let me know. There we go. Sharing. There we go. You should be able to add that to Don't this. want YouTube premium. Is it working? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you should add it. Do you want me to add it to the stage? Yes. There we go. And let's get rid of our closed captions here. Yeah, there we go. So this is some cocoon gameplay. And you see he's going into the world here. Mm -hmm. And now, so, and you've got to move it around so you can do the right world. And then you go in here and then you can solve the puzzle in the particular world that you need to go into um to progress and it's okay. it's very it's very progression based and there you go there's some platforming elements to get from one side to the other um i mean i mean i've only played this game for like an hour mm -hmm. but like this so there's like a lot of mechanics that i haven't even encountered yet i mean if you, you look at the design as well i mean this is just a, a fantastic looking game um from 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 the ground up and see that's him coming out Mm -hmm. uh yeah it's it's crazy like the type of stuff that you're doing for for the progression um and 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 it really it really does make you use like your your full brain 
uh, to be able to go in and out of these sort of worlds and accomplish whatever you need to do to to move forward. But yeah, I, a lot of people just uh, were were very taken with this game and, and blown away. But I think it's that it's that un, un unseen before unused before mechanic of the jumping through the worlds, the orbs mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Um, that and so I'm I'm guessing for that like so you see that that he's like moving on this like elevator contraption. So mm-hmm. I'm guessing that he had to go into um the the world on the left, solve that puzzle, the world on the right, solve that puzzle and now because you've done that, this thing will move and you can go where you need to go to progress in the game. So it's stuff like that that's very very cool um and you can take my present you can take my presentation off there. <laughs> stuff like that that's very very cool that they did with this game that yeah. people haven't really experienced before. And uh obviously, I mean if you look at it, it's very visually appealing. So I think that 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 that's what people sort of gravitated towards. Um, so, but I am not incredibly married to Cocoon as the one that we uh, that we choose. I, ju- I did just want you to see that and and know that that game is of uh, of particular significance this year. But I you, think I think you're you've gonna sold fight me on, the on you sold me on date night for me and my wife playing, playing okay some cocoon so i'm I'm, yeah. I'm definitely going to it's add that cool. to the, to the yeah. list to absolutely go play because like yeah those i think puzzle games uh can be can be a lot of fun especially because it's you know it's any game that you can kind of pause and and think through and discuss i think that's going to be great but yeah i i would think that if nothing else I, I you know me my rpg roots the art style the rp you know like the throwback the cult you know everything about uh sea of stars says that you know i i have that's where i'd have to put my weight behind but uh maybe if you want to try to talk me out of it i'll, I I'll mean, be game to listen <laughs> i think you're gonna fight me to the death dude on that one <laughs> uh yeah i mean it's it's a great game um we've been here it's... for streaming for 36 hours and we have <laughs> <laughs> i think um yeah i think i think it's probably not super high on my list like it's like that one's probably third Mm-hmm. out of second story r and octopath traveler 2 um but i probably need to put it first because it's on game pass so um yeah i mean people people really love this game it speaks to a lot of people it won the game awards uh, best independent game as well again like i said they should have been able to go up and accept that award it's really a travesty that they were not able to do that mm-hmm. um do better game awards but yeah happy to acknowledge them as well and and give them our award for best indie game because i think i think that this was um an achievement it really was in terms of them to come out and make a a brand new game that is so evocative of and emulates like the old super nintendo games like chrono trigger and like the uh when i see this game i I'm think of like final fantasy 5 a lot yeah. mm-hmm. um and and maybe even like one and two so I think I think that really hits people in the nostalgia bones if 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 they played those games when they were young. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm a little maybe too young to have experienced that and really uh, gravitate towards that, but I definitely understand like what this is providing for people and like you can only go back and play those classics so many times without it becoming right. a little bit rote. I mean, mm-hmm. you're gonna yeah, love agreed. them forever, regardless. But That's the fact a fun that you word get, too, wrote. <laughs> yeah, the fact that you get a new experience with this that you've never had, and that it, it that it hits so hard and like delivers on the narrative, the gameplay, the visuals. I mean, every aspect of this game is just objectively like good. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it, I think people will debate how great it is, how, um, you know, in terms of whether it is in the upper echelon of of all games. 
but just you could not deny that every aspect of this game is just good. It's just well made. So uh, yeah, I think I think that that sort of got it a lot of attention this year, and it's very well deserved. It's a well deserved winner of the Epic Loot Radio Best mm-hmm. Indie Game Award. Congrats! Congratulations! Are we actually gonna finish this on time? Here we go! Like let's do this! Like let's best, go! Best narrative is uh, we only have three categories left. Best mm. narrative is our our next category, and um, yeah, man, uh, starting starting it off, it's Alan Wake. Like like I talked about earlier, um, this game just meticulously crafted to be a bespoke experience. Mm. Uh, you really, when you're playing through this game, you really feel the sort of writer's touch. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's kind of like ironic and a bit punny, given that this game is about a writer. But it do, <laughs> it does kind of go like layers deep in that way. It's yeah. like I, I'm a writer and I'm I'm writing about the game, but then you also know that like somebody wrote that writer writing about. I mean, it, it yeah. very much feels like writer inception. Uh, it's yeah, it's very on the nose in terms of like. This this is this has been referred to as a writer's game, um, in terms of like that you really feel the touch of the people who who designed this narrative, who designed this very bespoke experience for everyone to play through, and um, I think that that's probably one of the biggest strong suits of this game. We didn't nominate it for game of the year, um, but I think that we can recognize the fact that like it has. Uh, sort of masterful craftsmanship in the way that it's that it's orchestrated and set up from that art direction, from that sound uh, and and music design, and then also the way that the narrative is structured. I think some of the gameplay is not quite in turn like the best five or six games of the entire year in a year where just so many games knocked it out of the park. I think that the gameplay is kind of like normal. You know, like you're, yeah. you're, it's, it's kind of like in that like Resident Evil Four type of, type of, uh, type of deal. But it does, it does do some interesting things with the gameplay. There's also like some weird progression stuff that like feels a little bit frustrating. But in terms of like the narrative that you're experiencing, um, it's got to be just you know one of the best narrative experiences you can have in terms of story and games out there uh, because of all the time and effort that they put into this to make it incredibly unique and incredibly compelling. And, uh, you know, that not enough can be said about that. But second in this category, I'll, I'll let you go off. You're, you're, you're the Baldur's Gate ranter and raver here. Uh, and, and God, did this thing clean up at the Game Awards as well. Just so the sheer fact of the like when Final Fantasy 16 launched, I was like, yeah, this is an RPG. And then I stepped into Baldur's Gate 3 and Starfield. And Baldur's Gate 3 still like makes Starfield you question Starfield's RBG, but it, you know, it's definitely there. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, this choice, this choice, this choice. And then impact, impact, impact all the way down. And so the sheer amount of uh, you know, narrative that had to <laughs> that the, had to the variance. I mean, I've yeah. yeah, I've heard people talk about like, oh, um, God, I can't I think is his name Neil Newman. New I, I probably have that wrong. I'm so sorry. Uh, but the actor that plays Asterian. Um, I've, I've had people say like, yeah, man, like I've, I've seen the videos of him and his performance is amazing, but like he died, like, you know, two hours in my playthrough. So I never got to see any of that, you know, like, like right. crazy, crazy yeah. stuff in terms of the variance. I mean, it really is like you have your own personal D and D table with this game and can just go back in with a new character and do a completely new story, a new, new role-playing experience. And that is, I mean, that's for all time, man, in terms of being able to, the replayability of this game and it being compelling and enjoyable every single time. 
they've really accomplished something there. And so I think that makes this this game a strong contender for this category. Uh, anything else you want to say about Baldur's Gate 3 as pertains to, to narrative? It literally sets a new standard for the RPG, I think, going oh, yeah. forward. And it's going to be uh, something where when you look back in time, it's like that that changed the game. Um, so yeah. that's that's what that's the last thought I have on on, on Baldur's Gate there. I'll I'll have I'll have some more uh more more things to say about Baldur's Gate three later. But for okay. now, moving on to uh one of my nominees that was an absolute dark horse for me this year. That and I even talked some crap about this game before playing it because and I think I even mentioned it in the first episode where we went through our what's what have you been playing? And I said, Yakuza like a dragon. I love Ichiban Katsuga, the protagonist, and I kind of wish that they committed to him fully. Well, they aren't committing to him fully. Um, it seems like they are going to do a passing of the torch in this next entry that comes out in January from their longtime protagonist. Gosh, I think, is it seven, eight, eight games now? Not including the ones that he's with uh, Ichiban. The, but eight games where he's the main protagonist. Uh, Kazuma Kiryu. Um, he is so beloved by so many fans of these games because he is, he is the protagonist all the way through. And it is his story from zero all the way through six. And this is now the seventh game that he's the main protagonist in like a dragon Gaiden, the man <laughs> who erased his name, too many words in that title, but, um, it, six was kind of the, the, the resolution of his story, like the, the high stakes, uh, sort of narrative there that would have been sort of like his his god of war moment mm -hmm. and Gaiden is I thought it felt unnecessary but um, they have crafted essentially with this game his swan song okay. um, and this character that so many people and I need to play through all the Yakuza games I really do um, I started with with like a dragon with Ichiban but this character has gone through and 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 matured through so much starting out as kind of just this young upstart that would just you know beat people to a pulp if uh if they were a pr problematic you know to solve to solve his problems to um actually starting an orphanage and getting invested there his motivations changing him wanting to get out of the the whole mafia scene being forced back into it time and time again to protect the people that he cares about mm -hmm. um and now this is kind of his swan song in that he's actually dealing with his own mortality um, because, and I don't think this is a spoiler because it's been, it's been in several trailers now, but he actually finds out uh, he's been diagnosed with, with a form of cancer. Mm -hmm. um, so it's sort of dealing with that mortality, dealing with the fact that, you know, I have been the protector for the people that I've loved in my life. And now, you know, I have an expiration date. Uh, my time is limited in terms of being able to care for and protect the people that I love. Him coming to terms with that, what that means for his motivation and his mm -hmm. story. Um, they've really told a a a story here that I think is is very compelling for a lot of people. I've heard people have, have I haven't finished the game, but I've heard people have cried mm. during the course of experience this game, like just bawling their eyes out. So. Um, yeah, I think I think that that definitely deserved a nod for best narrative. It's cheating a little bit. It's kind of it's getting like the Marvel bump, like that Endgame yeah. gets, you know, because you have all this this lineage of all these this, other titles, all these history, other games. Yeah, yeah. But 
hey, if you set that up, you set that framework up, and then you deliver it with a, with a game like this in terms of payoff of, of this character having a swan song for them, having a moment for them where they, they evolve as a character like this, and it's so dynamic. I think that that deserves to be acknowledged. So it's okay. not going to win this category, okay. but yeah, it's it's a good contender. Liza P, don't need to gush any more than I already have, but um, in terms of this category specifically, I nominated it for narrative because of what they were able to do with the source material. Yeah. Uh, really, really committing to that, like saying, we are going to take Pinocchio and it's not just going to be a gimmick. Like Geppetto is going to be a main character. Your mm. relationship as a protagonist with Geppetto is going to be a main character. The mechanic of lying. Uh, the, at the very beginning of the game, after you beat the first boss, your sort of handler type of character says, now to get into the main hub area, you're going to have to lie. And like when she says that, it, it has lie in the subtitles in red font. Like this is bad. You're not supposed to lie. And then actually you find out over the course of the game, oh, lying is is human. Sometimes you have to lie to to protect people from the horrible truth that, you know, their loved ones might have perished or, you know, that sort of thing. So sort of flipping that on its head, the concept of lying is actually good because what mm. makes you human is good. Um, they, and, 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 and taking characters from the books, like you fight somebody with a donkey head They they take the black rabbit brotherhood mm. and sort of make them into this sort of ominous force that you need to go up against. I just thought it was so amazing what they did with this source material, um, with Geppetto and his relationship with his son. Um, yeah, it's a fantastic experience and it, it doesn't let you down in terms of what the story is and, and them sort of taking the from software formula and then saying, no, 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 we're gonna tell a story. Like we're gonna we're gonna do the Sekiro thing and really drive home a narrative that that you that you that sits well with you and you're like, yeah, that that, that yeah. wasn't too light. I didn't have to connect the dots. I understand what happened here and uh and and feel good about that. That resonated with me during the course of this playthrough. I'm gonna skip over our second to last nominee and hit and hit Vemba really quick because okay. I think our second to last nominee, we might be uh, we might be giving it to that one, but oh, really? Venba. I wanted to I wanted to highlight Venba here. Uh, I don't know how much you know about this game, but this is this is uh, another in indie darling that came out this year. This is the story of you actually play as the character on the left, the mother, um, uh, who is uh, I can't remember if she is an immigrant from India. I think that she is, um, and then her son is sort of like a you know a, a first generation uh i can't remember if it's canadian or american citizen um and it's sort of your your the gameplay of this game is that you're like cooking traditional indian cuisine okay. um so in terms of gameplay like maybe not that that's why it's not nominated for our indie category but in terms of the narrative what this game goes into is like the, the preservation of heritage and uh, the meaningfulness of identity and and your culture and mm. sort of that that dichotomy of well her son, you know her son is going to school and um, you know culture there is he's he's under pressure to suppress his culture mm -hmm. to blend in to be very American to be very normal and gotcha. so it's like well what do you do as a parent as an immigrant parent you know for your children to you know you want this culture to survive you want them to embrace their heritage how do you present that to them in a way that that you know they hold significance for themselves what their culture is to not be ashamed of it while also understanding sort of the the pressures that you might encounter as a young person growing up uh in an immigrant family it sort of deals with a lot of those themes in a way 
um, that hmm, that I understand cool. is is very 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 cool and very compelling. And a lot of first generation, um, you know, the sons and daughters of immigrant parents, especially in the like video game coverage industry, have said, "I feel so seen." playing this game uh playing through it and and seeing like how this narrative plays out like the like these are my parents basically like i i you know this resonates with me so much and we we love to see that we love to see inclusion in that regard and and a story being told that sort of highlights that sort of struggle but also that sort of celebration of heritage and of culture um but last but certainly not least we've got final fantasy 16 and I'm going to give you the reins here in a second. But man, when I heard that this game was just going to, it was going to be Final Fantasy in the same vein as, you know, 15 and 13 and the games before them, 7, obviously, with the narrative brilliance that those games have. But it was going to do basically their version of Game of Thrones, dude. Come <laughs> on, man. so good, too. Like Come on. Yeah. I mean, like, and, the, only, and the I, only knock I have against it, to, you can kind of jump in, is that, it's not a game I can play around my kids. And so it's, it, it is a game where it's like, it, it is kind of, not, not a, I mean, other goodness. than Venba, none of these are, you know? <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, unless if you, if you want to give it to Venba, I'd be totally good with that. But man, dude, I mean, I'll tell you what, we, we didn't give it action, uh, action adventure game of the year because we think Hogwarts edged it out by a yeah. little bit in terms of all the gameplay, all the world building, all the approachability, the reverence for the source material. And for that reason, it's not in our Game of the Year nominees either. But holy cow, this game's story and how high stakes it is and compelling. I mean, you have sort of that red wedding type of moment at the beginning mm -hmm. of the game. Yep. Um, Clive has lost just everything. He's supposed to be a dominant. That goes awry. Um, dude, I mean, and, the, and the, the voice acting obviously is kind of its own thing, but that contributes to the narrative as well. Uh, you know... I would say that this game's a little up its own butt too, but like what Square Enix game isn't? Uh, yeah, dude, I think this is a strong contender in this yeah. category for best narrative specifically. Yeah, man. It's also like, you know, not to spoil anything, I haven't finished the story, but I've been making really good progress and just streamed uh, this uh, Sunday. Some more, uh, you know, Titan, which is so cool. Uh, and uh, and the characters are so awesome. Like I, I Like every character feels like a, like a character. It's not like, uh, it, you know, that seems like probably something silly to say, but it's like, I, I like them. I, I understand their motives. I understand, you know, the things and the relationships they have with each other and everybody, like there's all these interminglings and entanglements and all these little things that are just like, oh, and so then, um, but it feels very adult. Like this feels like, the, yeah. you know, like it's been wonderful to grow up with Final Fantasy and then them to also deliver a Final Fantasy where they can tell a story with good and bad and dark and gray and, you know, like, all these different elements and i'm very excited to see how it goes but i will say though is that from a narrative perspective i do think that they're going to be following the final fantasy 14 model it feels like with the dlcs that they've announced mm. and launched and then i think this could potentially lead into uh 16 2 or however they want to structure it wow so, yeah like i think that essentially that this is in and of itself who knows what will play out in the long run but so you don't I think, think it's a condensed experience from what you've no. what you've seen? No, when you when you add the ELCs that are continuing the story, like your that can that story continuation, I think is going to lead into another epic. I thought it, I thought it was just going to be like the the Skyrim or the. Uh, I had another example. Um, 
I'm not sure, but the like the, I guess the Pokemon thing where they do like two DLCs and they call it a day. Yeah. Uh, or or even from software games, like two could two be. DLCs for Dark they Souls. They could do 3. that. So I would I would think Rising Tide is like gonna be the end of Clive's story, but uh Who knows? I, I'm not like, as familiar with Final Fantasy as you are. So Right. And that's where it's like based off of how they're structuring it, it feels like it's also following the Final Fantasy 14 model. It's built on the same engine, it's by the same team. I and yeah. I've um, I've been saying, like, why not also just make a standalone single player story that you continue you know it's like yeah. uh, you know and it's a part of that like every game and so if there is a, if there is a 16 2 or whatever uh that that would be another self-contained rpg but you're just almost in the way of mass effect one two and three where it's yeah. like okay we're going to tell this big epic narrative one epic narrative at a time yeah, yeah. and then we're going to bridge the gap between the games with some you know fun things that people can kind of you know take a part of and enjoy and that's I wasn't excited. I didn't. Th I didn't know because like I haven't actually finished the game itself, uh, so I'm still working my way through it. But with the announcement of the two DLCs and how it really, there is a reflection of Final Fantasy XIV's patches as well. I do suspect we will see more Final Fantasy 16 in their future. I vote 16. Clearly, that's where my experience and my heart is. But uh, what oh, do you okay, think? so you were you were just surprised that I I was going to go that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, it's it's 16, dude absolutely easy easy peasy yeah, <laughs> easy yeah no de no debate there we're, we're out of here yeah uh no uh, the 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 setting um the fact that they've crafted this i mean i hate to just reference game of thrones game of thrones game of thrones but mm -hmm. really i mean game of thrones when it, the reason that it's so that it was so popular and occupied such a huge space in the zeitgeist is there wasn't anything like it on television yeah. right. um and so like for them to sort of emulate that there's not uh, there, I guess there's more stuff like it in the games universe, but for them mm -hmm. to do that Final Fantasy spin on it, just, just, I just love that this game exists, and I can't wait to play all the way through it. I might wait until that Rising Tide comes out now to play this game, so I can have the full narrative experience. But I, I, I am so ecstatic to do that. Game direction. Um, do you want to just, just get into? straight into the debate for this one since we're we're yeah. getting short on time here yeah so what, what do you think for, for, so that we can, so sure we can we read out the, the nominees for our for our audio mm. podcast listeners so we got alan wake 2 again uh, a strong contender for narrative in terms of you know the the meticulous design of this game and how bespoke of an experience it is Baldur's gate 3 uh i mean can can a can a game have been directed to be more varied and more nuanced for the player depending on what yeah. they choose cocoon we looked at some gameplay of that earlier for them to have that intricate you know world jumping type of platforming and, and puzzle solving strategy stuff uh that took a lot of effort as well uh lies of p they knocked it out of the park they they did the from software formula as as good as maybe mm. even better in some innovative ways final fantasy 16 it's it's a flawed masterpiece what more can we yeah. say about it um just a fantastic showing from that franchise and then starfield the man the myth the legend himself todd howard bringing his vision to life even if it has some problems um it exists it's here for everyone to experience and uh experience it they can and there's not really any other experience out there quite like starfield sir you can go play fallout you can go play skyrim skyrim is um starfield is a unique experience for all players even though it, it falls into that bethesda rpg mold um it it's just it's it's something out of time in terms of like when when you when you were playing through this game you're like wow like there's yeah. a sense of wonder 
Um, and they, they had to bring that to you. It wasn't just like, oh, we put a RPG in space and it happens. No, they have right. to convey that sense of wonder to you and how they design the game. So what are we thinking for direction here? Gosh, like I have a hard time not not going and throwing behind Baldur's Gate 3, uh, namely just because the sheer amount of everything you have to keep like track of and how easy that could have been done. And and, and yes, early access, I think, really helped them flesh out the experience and, and more. And I just think Larian, in terms of its direction and how uh, how they delivered on that game, uh, it, it's going to be something that is that is felt for years and years to come. I do want to I do want to shout out as strong honorable mentions both Cocoon and mm-hmm. Alan Wake 2. I think that you can you can yeah. see the hands molding <laughs> and crafting on yeah. both of those games in particular. Uh that's why Alan Wake 2 won the game award for best game direction even though Baldur's Gate 3 won game of the year. Um which maybe we'll have a split as well because we're going to give Baldur's Gate 3 best game direction Woo! but it's game time to talk about year. our game of the year for Epic yeah. Loot Radio. All three podcast episodes have been leading to yes. this moment. Let's go through our nominees. Um, I know we're running out of time, but I do want to give each of these games their due. Mm-hmm. Diablo 4. Uh, I've already talked about this game. Unfortunately, we haven't given it an award yet, so it's probably not going to win. <laughs> no, but I don't think Diablo's the, uh, the, this, this is one of my nominees, and the reason for that is that, again, like I said in the previous episodes, I don't gravitate towards uh, isometric action RPGs. I didn't gravitate towards Diablo 3 particularly. Picked it up, tried it, didn't really think it was for me. I like games like The Witcher. I like games uh, like Final, Final Fantasy 16 or Skyrim. Um, and this game just surprised me in every way. Like there was no, there was no reason I would have thought going into this game that I would love it as much as I did. The multiplayer functionality, the story, the voice acting, the intricately crafted world, the, the graphics, the, the gameplay, the, the smoothness and fluidity of it, the ability to make all these different builds, the loot mm-hmm. system, uh, this game knocked it out of the park in terms of uh, creating a much better iteration in the Diablo franchise. Mm-hmm. And uh, I loved every every second of my 50 hours with it, and uh, we'll certainly get back to it at some point. Baldur's Gate 3. So let me give you my piece for why I yeah, don't think please. Baldur's Gate should win Game of the Year. Okay. I think... You're crazy. <laughs> that, I think that this is a PC gamers game. Okay. And true. I think that the gaming community is defined in large part by the console community. Okay. And good point. As as a foil, Diablo 4 plays really, really good on console. Like if you're playing this game on PC versus console, sure. I think everybody yeah. probably would prefer by a small margin to play Diablo 4 on PC. But I, I know people that flip-flop back and forth depending on, you know, their household. Maybe, you know, they can't be in one room or whatever it is. Um, it's it's a good experience. And so as as a foil for, for Baldur's Gate 3, it, Baldur's Gate 3, like, like the, yes, they made it functional on console. They made it playable. But it doesn't feel intuitive. Mm-hmm. I think that's why when you look at console sales versus, like, PC sales, they're not even in the same ballpark. Yeah. I just don't know that this game is super approachable for console players. Um, and I don't know that it like feels good to play. Like it feels good to 
like as you're playing through it to experience it. But in terms of your hands on the stick, gameplay, playing the game, doing the combat, doing the things that are, you know, the, the actual game, what I am doing in the game, other than like dialogue and character interactions and yeah. story beats, like all that's very, very cool. Like you're playing a game of D&D &D basically. But mm -hmm. to progress that game, you've got to actually play the game and do things and do inputs and stuff. And I don't think that that feels particularly good it, it's very it's very average or above average in terms of uh, of gameplay that's available in as far as games on console um yeah. it's also it also hasn't been available to xbox players at all until like two days ago um so i just and and it can it released late on console as well on playstation i just think that this is by all accounts a pc gamers game and i just i don't know that a okay. a strictly pc gamers game should be the game of the year that is a controversial take, I know, but it's just where I sit with it. And I understand that the game is so, so, so good, especially if you play it on PC. I just don't know if it's the best overarching game of the year for PlayStation and, and Xbox owners um, alike with PC players. So th that's that's basically how I feel about it. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Go ahead. Um, next is our action-adventure winner. It's Hogwarts Legacy. Yeah. Uh, blew us both away. The, the reverence for the world here, how they were able to deliver their own unique story, how they were able Combat to deliver... Combat with the wand. I was really do, I mean, like, just, I was like, how are they going to pull it off? Do, yeah. do, do, do. Mm -hmm. the, the, how good it feels to summon that uh, orbs, the sphere around you and like block it and then like redirect it at somebody. Like that feels so awesome. You can create builds around different combinations of spells. Just walking around the castle, the, the exploration in this game, Brian, just flying around the highlands. You can find caves and little nooks and crannies and side quests, and then running around the castle. There must be like 80,000 little lore nuggets that you can discover, like the little thing where you go, Revelio, and then you see like mm -hmm. the scroll come down. It's like, this statue is what... They had to write all that. They had to, yeah. they, they had to recreate this entire space, like inch by inch. Um, I saw a video of somebody that went in the prefect's bathroom and it was it was overlaid with narration from like the Goblet of Fire talking about it. And mm -hmm. they just walked around it whilst the narration read from the book. And it was like the faucets were blah, blah, blah. And like they made the faucets that way. Like yeah. it's it's crazy the level of detail that they put into this game to make sure that you are you are literally living in the wizarding in world of Harry Potter. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, and, and, and just, it just feel, it feels awesome to play, whether right. you get on a broom and fly around, whether you are taken out, um, I guess they're not death eaters, but whatever they are, I don't remember, um, that, that, you know, the, the, the bad dudes that come in in a cloud of smoke, uh, that so totally not death eaters, uh, that you're fighting <laughs> with, with your wand skills, the, the progression that you feel when you do, you take another charms class or you do an assignment for your professor and you're like, oh, I'm going to unlock this spell now. Let me see how that feels to use that in combat. Just a fantastic game. I know that we both loved it, and uh, I it, it might it could be a sneaky dark horse here. I, I honestly would, um, yeah. We'll, Spe so speaking speaking of Liza P, I know you haven't played it. I'm I'm so glad to hear that you I've are going to play it. it. Yeah, it's I'm uh, be playing this game. Soon. It's on Game Pass. Everybody, go check it out. Even if you're afraid of of these Souls type games, I would say it's easier than probably any Dark Souls game that I've played. Mm -hmm. We talked about the narrative this episode. We talked about how amazing it was in terms of the combat uh, in our first episode when we gave it best action game. We talked about the art direction this episode, the soundtrack this episode. Just a, a wonderful, wonderful surprise 
how good this game was. Everybody just saw it as like the Bloodborne clone that was coming out in 2023. It really deserves to be here. Um, it sucks that it didn't get more nods from the actual Game Awards. But man, this game is something special. And I, I'm going to play through it again. I love it that much. Um, I've already beaten it twice. I'm probably going to beat it again. Really want to get that platinum trophy for this one. Okay. It's just it's just a fantastic experience. And, and just visceral, fulfilling combat, good boss battles. I mean, they just nailed it in terms of this type of game. I, I, I don't know any other game. I mean, you play those other games like Wolong and Remnant and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, this is good. It's a good game. Like I like this. This tides me over until I get Elden Ring DLC or like whatever it is. Yeah. Dude, playing this, I'm just like, I would play this instead of Elden Ring. Like sometimes, like you know, like it's, it is that good. Like it is, it is, it is in that weight class. That's yeah. how quality this game is. And uh, yeah, man, I I just fell in love with this thing, uh, hook, line, and sinker this year. So I, I love it. I'm so glad that we can acknowledge it here. Tell me about. The last two, Brian. Tell me about these. These these are probably the the defining games of your year. Honestly, these are the Super Mario games Wonder, Super, Super Mario, Mario Wonder, Wonder I and Starfield. Get enough of that game. Uh, Starfield absolutely enjoyed uh, my playthrough of it, and I'm glad I played Starfield. I keep saying it before I played Star Citizen um, because there's definitely things now that if they ever do follow up Starfield with a Starfield two or some kind of sequel, that like I think they they need to take in that feedback. That, that the mods uh, are coming, baby. Ima imagine what this and game is going to be in five years. It's right. going to be that's, that's also the incredible. most interesting thing, right? That's yeah. the thing. It's like when we look at back at game of the years. Like if we look back in five years to this year, like will we agree on the, the what we ended up deciding on, or will we be like, oh man, I can't believe that people we're still playing Super Mario Wonder and uh, you know doing those kind of things or Starfield or Liza P or you know like what is, it's is, going to be interesting to see how that goes. Go ahead. Is Wonder the best two D Mario ever made? No, uh, at least I can't say that definitively not yet because I still feel Super Mario World, but that okay. I haven't played every level of and I haven't discovered every secret. So we're still kind of working our way through it. But we because if you said you yes, know, I would be like, how how does it not win if it's right. the best Mario game 2D Mario game ever made? Um, but OK, if you if you're not going to go to bat for for wonder. What are we looking at here? What what are we thinking? I think you actually sold me on Hogwarts, namely because of your concept Dude, of the no PC. Way. Because of the PC of Boulder's Gate 3, <laughs> like I actually like I've seen a lot of people struggle with the, the controller. Yeah. And while that's why like my, my guide for the controller for Boulder's Gate 3 is doing so well for PlayStation and for Xbox players. I'm glad I've been able to help them out. I've been playing it on controller on PC, and I like that as an option. But you made actually a very compelling point as to like for like if there was a PC game of the year category and a yeah. gaming or a console, then like, well, how do we look at it as a whole? And I still feel that Hogwarts was snubbed. And I think it was snubbed for like more, you know, like political reasons than anything else. Anything. Yeah, you're going to get us canceled, Brian. Nah, you're going to get like, us canceled. You get canceled every day. You know, <laughs> like, who cares? So, so out like, of all that's where it's like and from a truth perspective, like the fact is, is that I feel like what you you've sold me on it because it's like. Uh, you know, when I'm talking about reading Harry Potter with the kids and doing all these things, regardless of how you feel about the creator, this game and the people who worked on it, like, are absolutely, I think, deserving of the of the, the year of the award. And the fact they didn't get nominated, I think, in and of itself speaks volumes to um to the game. You know, that's what so, I'm gonna say. What do you think? Are, are you in agreement or like out, out of all of these? And I'm giving you the last shot. W Wonder and Starfield. I know these games meant so much to you. 
Um, but I have to I have to give up on on Liza P as well. Are we doing it? Are we crowning Hogwarts crowning Legacy our game of the order. year? Yeah, yeah, it's happening. Wow, I did not see that coming. But dude, as far as you, you, I was gonna fight for Boulder's Gate, but then you brought up such a compelling point about PC, like, and I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. Thinking beyond my experience, like, and seeing my kids' delight and things like that, yeah, like, and, and I. For me, Wonder is my personal game of the year uh, because that's where, like, when I look at where I put my, most of my time, that's where it is. Starfield still Liza P for me. Yeah, Liza P for you. But like, but Hogwarts overall, is just like, like yeah. who who that has read those books or played uh, or or watched those movies that plays this game would not be like, oh my god, I'm in yeah. freaking Hogwarts right now. Yeah. I am going to class i'm learning these spells oh there's there's a hippogriff you mean i can fly on that you yep. know it's just like that that sense that spark of wonder and, and oh i'm lifting things with my wand and i mean it's just the the way this game just knocked me over i was like dude this is what i always wanted as a child like when i was playing sorcerer's stone on playstation one like this is what i dreamed that this type of game could be like i could be an actual student at hogwarts the mm -hmm. fact that you get to make your own student you get to have the room of requirement be your space however you want to set that up animal crossing style there's so many fantastic aspects to this game and that's why it is the epic game of the radio year. game of the year Woo! what an incredible year for gaming what an incredible year and uh you're going to go we're going to go on holiday break and so the the podcast will return in 2024 there's going to be so much more to cover and uh i really appreciate uh kirk for putting in the work to collect the art and the assets so he did a great job be sure to go and follow him and his content over what's new video games uh his tags and all that were in the description of this video guys we love you very much thanks for making 2023 such a fun year to talk about games uh with each and every one of you and uh kirk you got any final words before we before we wrap up today's show congratulations to hogwarts the best game of the year no go and play all the games that we have on the bottom here and all the ones that we talked about uh at large because they're all so great it was such a fantastic year for gaming but man uh hogwarts what a game uh yeah it, i think i'll cherish that experience and turning that game on and jumping into that world probably forever so yeah. I love that I still have that game. I can still play it. But what a year for games. And that's going to do it for the Epic Loot Radio Game Awards. All right, guys. Until next time, take care. Yeah.